Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Jones Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. This morning, we're going through all of the Supercoach players for 2021 that fit under the halfback or 5'8 category. Now, unfortunately, on the Supercoach app at the moment, this early release, you're not allowed to look at them all combined, so as halfback and 5'8. So I've had to go through and go through the halfback list, then the 5'8 list. So bear with me while I'm going through this. I'll probably jump from list to list, but I'll talk about each and every player that fits under each category. And there are a couple of options in here. There's a couple of really expensive options too, but there are a couple of smokies floating around. So I'll kick off with the most expensive player, and that is, of course, Cam Murray. Uh, Sorry, Nathan Cleary, $734,000. I don't know how on earth I said Cam Murray. Uh, $734,000 for Nathan Cleary, which is a pretty hefty price tag. Uh, Of course, of course, last year he averaged 82.9. Personally, I would find it hard to believe that he could score more. I don't think the Penrith Panthers are going to do it as easy in 21 as they did in 2020. So I think he will kick a few less goals. I mean, there has to be more eyes on him next year. I don't know if they can stop him still, but there has to be more eyes on him. So I'd like to think that he probably drops just below 80. That was a career-high year, and normally they're pretty hard to back up. I know everyone loves Nathan Cleary, but he is... He is coming into this season under a lot of, lot of pressure, so it makes it really hard for him. Uh, the next most expensive player is Cody Walker. Now, he's just 5'8". Just 5'8", of course, the only position he's played the last few years. His average was 74.1, and I mean, I'd love to know his average over the last six games or whatever. I think it would be like 85-plus because he was just on fire at the back end. It might even be higher, realistically. Um, Cody Walker, his average would be bumped up hugely by his footy in the back end, but I think, realistically, that'll be more of the reality for South Sydney moving forward. I think Wayne Bennett sort of started to clue on to how these rules are going to play out, and I think they definitely suit his side. And I think Cody Walker, I think he'll be closer to the 
76-point average or so. I mean, there will be games where Walker goes 30 or 40 points. Yeah, same as every player, but Walker especially. But then you will get a lot of those games where he can go 105, you know, 130, 140 even. I think his highest this year was an astronomical score. I can't remember what it was. But when Cody Walker's on... There are not many players in Supercoach that are more dangerous than him. So Cody Walker, he's still right up there for me. He's the best 5'8", along with Cam Munster. Depends which way you want to go there, but it's those two. I'd probably go Cam Munster over him, and he's the next guy I'm going to talk about. He's 620,000. He averaged 70 last season. You've got to remember he was running around on half a leg for most of it. Um, I think Cameron Munster improves in 21 because it's his team now. Craig Bellamy, assuming... Craig's, um, assuming Cameron Smith does retire, I think Bellamy hands the keys to Cameron Munster. It'll be his team. And like he did in Origin when it was his team, he really stepped up. And I think he'll do the same for Melbourne next year. I think Cameron Munster, you know, he could quite possibly head into the sort of 80-point range next year. I think Melbourne's going to have a superstar team. I, I don't think they'll be better, but I think they'll be more dangerous with Harry Grant than Cameron Smith. And I think it'll really unlock Cameron Munster. I'm really excited for him. I'm really excited to see him after having an off-season and just relaxing and letting his body catch up to him because he's just been going so hard the last year that his body simply couldn't keep up with him. I'm really excited for Cameron Munster next year. And I think he should be up there on top of your Tao Malolos and your Payne Haases next year because the game is it's headed towards these high-ceiling players, and these guys are crucial now. In my opinion, to win a draft comp, you need one of these guys in your team. You need a captain that can potentially knock out 120 in the big games. Cameron Munster, he's a perfect guy for that. Now, the next guy on the halfback and the 5'8 list is our first dual position guy, and it's Sean Johnson. Now, he's coming in at 603 grand. He will miss the, the start of the season at absolute minimum. You've got to remember, this is a snap to Achilles. This is a serious injury for anyone. For Sean Johnson, this is major. This is explosive speed that is going to be killed for him. So I'm really worried about Sean Johnson. He's coming off a career-high year where he averaged 68. A couple of injury-affected games that took that down a touch, but I reckon he was a 70-point player on average last year. 603 grand, he is dual position. In classic, I would not be going anywhere near him. I don't think I had to tell you that. He's huge overs at the moment. He's missing the start of the season. When he does come back, he's coming off an Achilles injury. He could be a different footballer altogether, and a lot of his stats come off his explosive step and his ball playing. Ball playing is not going to go anywhere, but if teams know that he doesn't have the same explosiveness anymore, it really could um, put a hole in his game. So he's an avoid for me. In draft, he's obviously going to slip down. No one's going to really want to draft Sean Johnson, yeah? No one's going to be keen to get him. He's going to miss the start of the season. When he does come back, he's got this injury. You're not sure what's going to happen. If you get to the fourth or fifth round and you're really confident with your first few picks, I would take a swing at Sean Johnson. If he does happen to come back, and if he does come back well... It's going to be NRL um, Super Coach Finals, yeah? And let's be honest here, the Sharks, they're probably not going to have a top eight spot wrapped up. They're probably going to be that 10th to, you know, 12th to 9th mark around there, sniffing around the finals. They always tend to overachieve. So they're going to need their best players to play. I don't mind Sean Johnson as a little smoky here late, but do not pick him anywhere near your first round or second round. Yeah, it is not worth it this year. He will miss a lot of footy and you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. If he does, you know, if you get to your third and fourth round, depending on how big your draft comp is, of course, 
and you're happy with your first few picks, have a look at Sean Johnson and just keep him in your back pocket. It could be a good little punt. Uh, the next man on the halfback list is Dally Sherry Evans. He averaged 64 last year. I think with Tom Travojevic back, his scores probably go up a little bit. I think they'll have more attacking plays in them. Um, 570000 good price there. I think it's very... I, I don't think you can lose with Cherry Evans. I don't think he'll let you down. I think he'll stick at least above a 60-point average with Tom Travojevic. I think he'll probably improve a touch, to be honest with you. Uh, the next man on the 5'8 list, geez, it gets... It's not very deep, the 5'8 list. The, the the fourth man on 5'8 list is Kurt Mann. Now, he averaged 64.4 last year. He was center wing 5'8 or center wing fullback. He's changed completely now to 5'8 hooker, uh, which is massive for Kurt Mann. I'm assuming he will play 5'8. The only worry is with this guy is that once Blake Green returns, once Connor Watson's in the side, if they're all fit, he probably doesn't play hooker. He might not play 5'8". He might end up in the 14 jersey again. He's not going to play fullback, of course. He might end up out in the centers, but, I mean, they have got some pretty handy centers at the club. So there's just a big pump with Kurt Mann that you could get to round 10 and you're going, fuck, he doesn't have a spot in this team. He's sitting on the bench, which would absolutely kill you. I would let someone else take Kurt Mann this year. I'm one of his biggest fans. I tend to draft him most years. I don't think I'll go near him this year because I think you're going to need an injury comes to the crunch time in Supercoach for him to be to be relevant. Uh, the next man on the 5'8 list is Dylan Brown, 564,700, averaged 63 last year, missed a number of weeks out. It wasn't it was a good season for Parramatta to start, but it didn't finish overly well. Mitch Moses really let him uh, take the strike of the team. Moses just guide them around. I think you will see more out of Moses, which I think uh, you know, it'll probably even Dylan Brown out. At worst, he might go down a touch. I don't think he'll go better than 64, to be honest with you. An average of 64, that's pretty damn impressive. The good thing about Dylan Brown is he's got a good base stat line. As I've said before, the best thing about Dylan Brown is that he will never throw the ball to someone else unless they're in a better position than him. So he's willing to take hits. So he does tend to collect a lot of base stats. That's what I really like about Dylan Brown. So he's a viable option. I don't think he'll go down, but I don't think he's going to go up too much, to be honest with you. Uh, Jerome Hughes, simply just a halfback, 540k, uh, 61 average last year. I think missing Vunavalu, that'll be a big loss for him. He had a really good connection with him, so he'll probably go down a touch there. There was a lot of tries he had to Vunavalu where he would kick it into half opportunities or he'd throw a pass just in his general area, and Vunavalu was a magician at finishing half opportunities. So I think he probably goes down a touch, and I think the fact that Harry Grant comes into this team, though, that helps Jerome Hughes. Jerome Hughes is a front foot footballer. He's not a real schemer. He's not a real, you know, get you to certain spots on the field. He's an eyes up sort of guy. That's how he naturally plays. I think you'll you'll see Harry Grant and him. They'll really push through the middle and they'll bring the best out of each other. Uh, Jerome Hughes, you've got to remember, he's a fullback before he's a halfback. I think Harry Grant, the way that he gets teams onto the front foot, I think you'll start to see Jerome Hughes run a lot more and I think he could be really dangerous. He's a guy that I think... Actually, could improve. He probably loses a bit without Vunavalu, but I think he, his ceiling could get a little bit higher with Harry Grant. It's one to watch there. The next halfback on the list is Adam Reynolds. Average 59 last year, 528,000. Can kick goals left, right, and center. I think South Sydney will score a lot of points in 2021 with their full team on the field, getting Latre- a fit Latrell Mitchell back. I think they'll be really dangerous, South Sydney. Um, Reynolds, Cook, Walker... They know that their premiership window is closing. They're all getting older. I think this will be a big season for them. The only worry with Adam Reynolds is, of course, he is extremely injury-prone. He did all right last year, but we've seen previous years, and as he gets older... Let's be honest here. There will probably be more injuries. That's the punt you take with Adam Reynolds. Um, He's a halfback that I really love, and the things that he does best 
on a rugby league field, they don't always correlate to points in Supercoach. Uh, he's more of a real traditionalist halfback. Um, you know, he's obviously getting a lot of force dropout points and whatnot. But I, I think that the goal kicking is where you get the real point of difference with uh, Adam Reynolds. I think he will start to run less and less the older he gets. I like Adam Reynolds. I think there are better options and safer options out there. But if you're drafting Adam Reynolds, I don't think you've made a bad decision. Uh, the next man is a dual position man, halfback slash 5'8". The man I had on my podcast the other day, Kyle Flanagan arriving at Canterbury. Dual position, that's massive. Uh, 59.2. Now, the things you need to know with Kyle Flanagan is, one, he was at the Roosters. They were scoring 30 points a game. He was probably kicking three more goals than what he probably will at Canterbury, realistically. So there's a couple of points there he's already lost. Um, I think you'll find that in... 2020, Kyle Flanagan was the most targeted player in the NRL. He was making 25 tackles a game. He's 85 kilos. I think he will... I think this will be something that Trent Barrett would have would have noted from season 2020, and I think he will try and hide him a little bit more. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad defender. I've spoken about this before. He averaged 27 tackles a game. He averaged missed tackles, was two, games, was two missed tackles a game. So he's not a bad defender. He's just getting a lot of traffic sent his way, and I think Trent Barrett... He'll try and turn the tide here. So I think you'll see Kyle Flanagan potentially making less tackles. So I think base stats and goal kicking, he will go down a touch. Obviously, being at Canterbury, there will probably be less attacking opportunities. So I think Kyle Flanagan, he'll drop from about a 59 average to probably a 50, maybe even a 45. I'm going to say 50, though. Still a solid little footballer. Loves to go for a dart. And the number one thing about Kyle Flanagan that I love is he's a great support player. So if there is an opportunity, he'll be sniffing up the middle. He'll be ready for it. He scores a lot of his tries like that, so it's a little bonus to his game that I really like. The next man is Kyle Flanagan's partner from last year, Luke Keary. 5'8 slash halfback. He comes in at 5'21,000. Average 58 last year. Bit of a disrupted season for him uh, with concussion and whatnot. Uh, Roosters were sort of up and down. He had a new halves partner. This year, it's his team. I think a lot of what happens with Luke Keary depends on who plays seven. Um, if the Roosters go out and sign someone and allow Luke Keary to stay on that left edge, I really like it. If they sort of make him float a little bit, I think it could potentially take away from his game because he's going to have to be more of an organizer. And it just worries me in Supercoach could take away from his lethal attack on the left edge. The other thing, if he does stay on the left, we don't know what's happening with Boyd Corner at the moment. He could be forced to take a lot of time off. And uh, I hear people tell me all the time that he's the most overrated guy in the world. But fucking please. I've, I've got eyes. I see how important Boyd Cordner is. Losing him will be massive for Luke Keary. Uh, he's one of the best edge back rowers in the game. He runs fantastic lines. If he's not getting the ball, he's, he's one of the best decoys in the game. He runs a perfect line. He always turns inside shoulders. He's really good. He will definitely miss him. So... Luke Keary, I don't think he probably goes above 58. And I've, I guess the other thing you've got to worry about is all these concussions. I mean, he's one late shot or one high tackle away from being in some serious trouble. So you've just got to be really careful with him. Uh, 551,000. I'm on the 5.8 list now. A little bit higher than the last two guys. Sorry, it's Jerome Luai. Coming off 62.3 average season. Um, I don't think Luai can get better in 2020 in 2021 and uh that might be a harsh call but i just think he was so high in 2020 it's going to be really hard to replicate that coaches are going to have an entire off season watching tape of jerome luai uh there's more tape on him around now for teams to be able to focus more on him and i just think it's going to be harder and that's nothing against jerome luai that's the reality of the nrl that's the reality of any sport 
in this modern time, yeah? Coaches have more tape on players. They're able to address guys and work out how to shut them down. I think Jerome Luai, he will slow down a little bit. It's going to be a big test for him this year. As I said, it's not going to come as easy for Penrith as it did last year. There are going to be more difficult times. Jerome Luai, though, he's a real goer. I really like him. I had him in my draft team this year, so I was really high on him. I loved him. I probably won't be drafting him this year. I won't get the same value out of him, of course, as I did last year. I think I got him you know, round 10 or something in a 14-man comp, which was ridiculous for a 62-point average. Uh, But Jerome Luai, I'm a little bit hesitant on him. I wouldn't be bringing him into your classic sides. I think there's much better options out there. Uh, 5'8", our next man is Jack Whiten, 516,000 with a 58-point average. Um, Look, with Jacko, you're just relying on a lot of attacking stats. Yeah, if he's not scoring tries or setting up tries... Uh, he can be very quiet, but the reality is Jack White does that a lot now. He sets up a lot of tries and he scores even more. Uh, he's one of the most dangerous run uh, ball runners in our game. The thing I'm worried about with him is if he gets as much pill with Josh Hodgson, their game's going to change a little bit. It won't be so centered on uh, Jack White and George Williams' running game. So interesting to watch there. I don't think you're going to go poorly with Jack White, but once again, I do think there are better options. He's a guy that in classic, I don't think I'd be going near though. Uh, I'm just very wary of Josh Hodgson there. Uh, the next man on our list is the Parramatta Eels halfback, Mitch Moses. He's just halfback this year. 481k for a 54.3 average. Uh, his attacking stats were well and truly down in 2020. I think this is the new Mitch Moses. I think he's more of a controlling seven now, which I like more, but it is more damaging for Supercoach. And because of that, he doesn't have the stats. He doesn't have the highlights. He doesn't have the Supercoach score. People want to tell me he's a crap footballer. He's not. He's a really good seven. He's developing into a better seven as we speak, but he is going to lack those highlights. I wouldn't be going near Mitch Moses in a draft comp. I, I know that someone will go early on him in, in your comp, hoping that he comes back to those big highlights. I don't think that's the sort of footballer Mitch Moses is now. He's moved past that. I think he knows what he's doing, Moses, and I really like him, but I think he'll stay around the same, around that 54-point average. Uh, the next man is Georgie Williams. We just spoke about Jack White, and George Williams is halfback only. He's 467000 uh, he averaged 52 last year, which I thought was really impressive. And this is a guy that I think is actually going to get better. He's going to have a better forward pack behind him. But the worry is he is going to have Josh Hodgson back. We know that Josh Hodgson has, is a vocal point of their attack when he is on the field. And I, I think you really did see the best out of George Williams once Josh Hodgson departed. So it's going to be interesting seeing Hodgson return in there. I, know, I, I think Ricky Stewart might have to have a hard word with Hodgson and say, hey, you guide them around. But the modern game, it is more suited to these guys and it is not as much suited to you, especially coming off an ACL. So I'm hoping these guys get as much ball as they did. I think George Williams will improve in 2021, but I'm not sure if his score will go up with him. Uh, the next man is a dual position man out of the New Zealand Warriors, Cody Nikarima, 5'8", halfback, 52-point average. I think SE, um, Eli Katoa has been the best thing to happen to Nikarima. He's used him really well. Uh, he's fantastic at, at isolating the other half on um, Eli Katara, it's sort of a really basic skill that's lost to a lot of halves, but Cody Nikarima, he can definitely do it. He's great at straightening up a line. With Eli Katara on the field, I really like Cody Nikarima. Uh, he's a guy that I didn't think he'd be this successful, but he really has been brilliant. He can have his lower games. He can have his massive games. Same as his halves partner, Chanel Harris-DeVito, who we'll talk about him in a minute. Cody Nikarima, I think you could do much worse than him, realistically. Uh, the next man on our 5'8 list is Scotty Drinkwater out of the North Queensland Cowboys. He is 5'8 slash fullback, so we have our first dual position 5'8 and fullback on the list. Uh, Drinkwater, I'm not sure what position he's going to play this year. I'm not sure if he will play six for the Cowboys or if he might play fullback. 
I'm not sure. They've obviously let Jake Clifford go, so I'm not sure if they've got someone to replace him at six, whereas at fullback, they could play the Hammer or Val Holmes. I'm expecting Drinky to probably play six. With Michael Morgan back in, I think it might free drink water up for um for just playing more eyes-up footy, which I really like. Michael Morgan, he can steer this team around, and Drinky can just play eyes-up footy. I really like him under Todd Payton, too. I think Todd Payton will get the very best out of him. He's got a lot to offer drink water. At just under 500K, I don't mind it, but he is a guy that he can go under 20 or he can go under 80, and you just have to strap in and prepare for that, but that's the reality of a lot of these guys in the halves. Uh, the next man on my list is another 5'8 slash fullback, Adam Dwayhe out of the West Tigers. This is a guy I'm not overly huge on. He averaged 54 last year, which was really impressive. I think he's going to play 5'8 there. Now, I'm not overly convinced he's a 5'8. He does score well. He's got a he's got really solid base stats. My only worry is if he's going to hold this spot for the entire year. I think that the Tigers will struggle. I think they'll be looking to point fingers, and I think Brooks and Adam Dwayhe could cop a lot of it. I don't think Dwayhe's a natural six. I think he's far from it. I don't know what he is. I think he's probably a center. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. But I won't be going near this guy. But I am a little less hyped on him than everyone else. I'm not overly keen on him. I could be wrong there. Back your gut feel in on Adam Dwayhe. But I will be avoiding Tigers outside backs as much as I can. Uh, the next man is Kieran Foran. We spoke about him on the hooker list last night. He's got 5'8 hooker. He's at 480k. I just don't know where this guy's going to fit. I think, um, you know, in a draft comp, you could do much worse than to have Kieran Foran if you got him really late. But, I mean, injuries, they've got Cade Cast, they've got Schuster, they've got, you know, a heap of guys there that can play in the halves, and I'm just not sure how it's all going to line up. I'm sure Foran will be there, but how long he's there for, if he's going to stay fit, there's a lot of question marks around him. Late, you could do much worse, though. Uh, the next man on our list is Ben Hunt out of the St. George of the Warrior Dragons. This is one I'll be avoiding. As I've said in the last two podcasts, I've talked about Jack Bird. I've talked about Cam McInnes. Ben Hunt's the final piece of this puzzle. Billy Magulius might be another one to join it. I don't know how the 9 and 13 is going to line up. If Ben Hunt plays halfback, I like him so much less automatically than when he was at hooker. Uh, it's a big worry for me. If he's the halfback for the Dragons, I mean, they're not going to score a heap of points. It's a big worry for me. If he's at hooker, I really do love him. But I just think with Jack Bird floating around, Cam McInnes floating around, I'm not sure if he's going to be an 80-minute man anymore, even though he probably should be. The next man on our halfback list is Mitchell Pearce. 451,000, average 51 last year. I'm expecting big things out of the Newcastle Knights, and I think this will be a really good season for Mitch Pearce. Um, I've been wrong on Mitch Pearce before, though, so take it with a, with a grain of salt. But I think Pearce, Ponga, I think this Knights forward pack, they're really strong. They've got some really good outside backs, and they've got... A number of guys in this team that can fill critical positions. They've got Connor Watson. They've got Kurt Mann. They can cover a lot of injuries. Yeah, they've got Blake Green coming back into this side. I think you'll see the best out of Mitchell Pearce when Blake Green arrives. I'm really excited for Pearce this year. I think he'd be a really solid pick at halfback. The next man is a dual position guy, Ash Taylor, a guy I've loved for a long time. 
And I think he's starting to play his best, best footy. And the man after him is Jamal Fogarty. He's at about the same price. There's $200 difference between them. The only difference is Ash Taylor is 5'8 halfback. I wouldn't be grabbing both of them together, but I think either of these guys would be a good little pick. I mean, they've got David Fafita now. They've got a num- They've got Tino there. They've got a number of big bodies that they can use now. They've got strike outside backs. AJ Brimson's going to walk back into this side again. I really like both of these guys, Fogarty and Taylor. I'm not sure which one's going to outscore the other. They both finished 48 uh, 48 points on average. Wow, they both finished 48.6. That's crazy. From 19 and 18 games for Fogarty. So really tight, these two. I would be happy to take care of these two blokes. I'd be confident that they're going to give me 45-plus most weeks, to be honest with you. Uh, the next man is a dual position man. Chanel Harris-Tavita at 425000 I absolutely love this kid. He broke my heart grand final week. I think he scored 100-odd in the last week, and I only lost by 50, so that was a real kick in the dick. So I'm kind of filthy on him, but I love watching him play. I think this kid's going to be a really good option this season. Playing behind a really strong forward pack, I really, really like this kid. I think he's going to be a star of the future. I think him and Dylan Brown, I think the the the, 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 the kangaroos would be a little bit nervous about these two coming through because they're going to form one hell of a combination for the Kiwis. I really like him for this season. He's a really good little footballer. Uh, the next man on our list is Corey Norman, another 5'8 fullback. I wouldn't be going near Norman with a 10-foot pole this year. I'm not confident he stays in the team. He's not going to produce the points you want. He's, he's a bit of a nightmare to watch, to be honest with you. Don't look at his 50-point average. You cannot rely on him. I wouldn't be going Corey Norman. Uh, the next man is a 5'8 hooker. We spoke about him last night, Cade Cast, A guy with a heap of talent, a guy I absolutely love. Played 10 games for for I think 48 yeah a 48 point average he's got attacking plays in him he just needs a spot in this team so with Foran with Schuster there's a couple of guys floating around if Finu happens to walk back into this team Cade Cast is all of a sudden the back burner you got Lachlan Croker there too I think Cade Cast is a really good shout to get the 14 jersey at Manly which would make him irrelevant but I'm telling you in your draft teams if you've got a spot on your bench you're not using, keep Cade Cuss there because if there is an injury or two, he comes in and he's an absolute star. Uh, the next man, Sam Williams, kind of irrelevant down in Canberra. Michael Morgan, 5'8 halfback. Really good value here at 386000 Um, Coming in with a 48-point average last year was completely derailed. I think he's going to bounce back really well, and I think that uh, the coaching of Toddy Payton will really suit him well. If his forwards win the ruck, Michael Morgan, he's got the ability to dominate any team. We've seen that in 2017. Back off an injury, he's going to be fresh. I really like Morgo this year. I think he'll go a little bit higher in a lot of draft comps than what everyone's expecting. Uh, Drew Hutchinson, Jake Clifford, both dual positions. I think they're both kind of irrelevant. Lachlan Lewis, 5'8", halfback, averages 42. Um, I'm not sure if Lachlan Lewis is going to have a spot in this Canterbury side. He has to be in the halves. Adam Elliott, they won't move him out of lock, in my opinion. I mean, you've got to think that Kyle Flanning will be one of the halves. Then it's down to Wakeham or Lachlan Lewis. He might get the sixth jersey. I'm not sure. I'd personally like to see them go Wakeham now, to be honest with you. Um, If Lachlan Lewis, if you think he's going to get a gig, he could do much worse than him. But he, he's not overly high on my list. He's pretty low on it, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, Luke Brooks is the next man. He's a halfback, just halfback, 392,000. Look, I'm really worried for Brooks. He's got all the ability in the world. I mean, he still averaged 44 last year, and it was a pretty dog shit season from him. It wasn't great. Um, I just, I, I don't know about Brooksy. I've got a lot of Tigers fans telling me, oh, it's his team now. He's going to dominate. Fine, good. I hope you're right. I really do. I want to see... Brooksy be successful, but I just, if the coach was willing to drop him last year with Harry Grant, with Benji Marshall on the team, I mean, and he also dropped Benji during the season, like he's, 
he, he's ready to teach a half a hard lesson whenever he can. And I think Brooksy is going to be in for a couple of hard lessons this season. So that's a real worry for me, Luke Brooks. I don't think I'd be going near him. I'd be letting someone else take that bullet. As I said, I'm kind of avoiding Tigers players this year. So uh, the next man's Billy Walters, halfback hooker, coming off an ACL. Uh, once again, Tigers, I'm going to steer clear of them. I really like this kid, but coming off an ACL, it's a big ass. There's not much to work with around him. Uh, Adam Kieran, 370,000. He's 5'8 slash halfback, so he's a dual possession half at the Roosters. I mean, there's the potential for him to play seven. I highly doubt it. If he does get the seven jersey, though, I think this guy's a low-end, sneaky, really good option. If he happens to get the seven, I think you could do much worse than have Adam Kieran in your side. I don't know if he holds it for the whole season. I don't know if Trent Robinson keeps him there the whole year. I don't even think he's a halfback personally. But he have, if he happens to get the gig, he is a good footballer and he will score points there. So you could do worse. Uh, Thomas Dearden coming out of the Brisbane Broncos, young halfback. Season from hell last year, he averaged 41 I'm tipping they improve. He's got Kevin Walters in the building now who will hopefully get the best out of Milford, which will hopefully get the best out of Dearden. I'm really excited for this kid, and I hope he gets the season that he deserves because last year, the effort he was putting in and where he was actually directing them, he was actually playing well as a halfback. The rest of the team just couldn't put together. It was just absolute shambles. It's too much for a kid his age, and... I really hope he does pull it together this year because he's got a lot of ability. Uh, the next man is Chaddy Townsend out of the Cronulla Sharks. Had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Champion fella. 353K, average 40 last season. He only played 11 games last year. Look, Chad, he's never going to get you 80 plus, but he's never going to fall below 35. If you're in a deep league, Chad Townsend, he's not a bad option to have there. You could do so much worse. Without Sean Johnson in the side, he'll do a lot more kicking. Matty Moylan doesn't have the greatest kicking game. Looks like he's um, kicking a watermelon half the time. So Chad Townsend, if you're in a deep draft league, I don't mind it. Classic. I would be looking anywhere else other than Chad Townsend. Uh, the next man on our 5-8 list, just jumping from side to side here. Okay, our next dual position man is Matty Burton. Um, really good little footballer. Won't have a spot at Penrith. I don't think they're going to drop Luai Cleary regardless of what happens. So he's going to be waiting around for an injury. Another guy that... Um, if you've got a spot on your bench in a deep league, probably worth holding on to. I don't think he's going to get to Canterbury next year by the sound of it, and that's fair enough. If I was Penrith, I wouldn't let him go either. Um, the next man's Jake Avarillo, 5'8", slash center wing. I love this kid. I hope he gets to play fullback. I don't think he will this year. I think he might the year after. But this kid, he's just got ability. He's come off the bench a heap of games last year, and he still averaged just under 40. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me to see what he averaged when he played 80 minutes, but... He's just got X-factor to him. I really like Avrilo, um, and I, I think Trent Barrett will address that he's one of their strike weapons, and he needs to get the very best out of him this year. He's a guy that I like. Tyrone May, um, 5'8", center wing. Uh, look, I think Tyrone May probably plays center next year. I think he obviously well, he's pr- pretty much already had to replace Brent Naden. I think he will continue to replace Brent Naden, and um, handy little footballer. He's got a bit of ball playing in him. I, I, I don't think you're going to get much. I mean, he averaged 36-odd. He played a lot of games off the bench. You might get 45 average out of him, but I, I personally don't think he'll be that high. I don't think he's that much of a good footballer. Uh, the next man's Blake Green at 5'8", 318,000. Uh, he's going to be injured for the start of the season when he does come in. I think he'll do real... Oh, not, sorry, not, not really well. I think he'll do well for the Knights. I don't think he'll do overly well super coach wise He's not a player that's overly suited to super coach. He'd be an avoid for me. Uh, Brody Croft is the next dual position guy. Avoid. Don't go near Brody Croft. I just can't see it working. I don't... I, I, I think it's just a train wreck up there at the moment. 
Uh, the next man is Hayes Perham. Now, this is a guy I spoke about a lot last season. He was playing center towards the back end of the season last year. I don't think he'll probably be in their starting team once they get, you know, Fuss and and, and, and the other winger back, uh, Ken Mamalo. Uh, Hayes Perham, he's a guy that he, he didn't actually score as well as I thought he would. He did need tries to get to 50 points, so he's he's probably in a void for me. Uh, Adam Clune, halfback for the St. George Tillawarra Dragons. Depends how they line up. If he's actually the halfback, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I don't love it at all. Um, you would only be looking at Adam Clune if you're in a very, very, very deep league. Um, he's pretty much a no-go for me. Sorry, I, I, I don't know why I said I, I don't hate it. I, I do hate it. He's, he's, he's a no-go unless you're in a very, very deep league. Uh, Connor Tracy, dual position for the Cronulla Sharks. I mean, if he happens to land himself in the sixth jersey over Matty Moore, then I don't mind him. But I think the other man that will, will beat him to it, Braden Trindle, who's just halfback. He's the next man. He's on... $248,000, 31 average last season. Trindle's a guy that I really like. I think if Moylan's not wearing the six, I think this guy will. And I think he's one to keep an eye on. He's a really good young footballer. And if he does happen to land that six jersey, I, I don't mind him there, to be honest with you. Uh, Lachlan Lamb, 5'8", slash hooker at three hundred and ten grand. Lachlan Lamb at the Roosters, obviously they need a seven. Uh, son of Adrian Lamb has played a fair few games at the Roosters, came in and replaced Kyle Flanagan during the season, played well, got injured. It brought Flano back in. Lock and Lamb, I, I don't think he'll be the seven, but same as Adam Kieran. If he does happen to land the seven, I think he could do much worse, but you need to have a backup plan because whoever wears the seven for the Roosters, unless you are an established star, there is a good chance you will get dropped at some point. And if someone comes in and plays better than you, the Roosters are not there to make friends. They're there to win games, and you won't get that jersey back. So that's the only risk with them. Uh, Dylan Walker's the next man, 5'8 slash center wing, 306K. I wouldn't be going near Walker. I think he's going to play center. It's less base stats for me. There's a lot of guys, as I've mentioned a few times, hanging around that 5'8 jersey. I had him on the podcast last year. He said 5'8's his best position, but I'm pretty confident he'll end up at center this year. So Dylan Walker, he's probably a no-go for me in the 5'8 region. Uh, the next man, Anthony Milford, 5'8", 304K. That might be the lowest we've seen Milford ever. Wow, he averaged 34 points last season. Now, we know Milford can average double that if he wants to, if he's in the right frame of mind. I think he'll be very popular in a lot of classic teams. And I don't think I'll do it personally, but if Kevin Walters does get the best out of him, he needs to be a week one trade-in. If he, if he absolutely brains at week one, I think you need to get him in because um, he could be absolutely anything. Someone in draft will risk their entire season on Anthony Milford in, a, in one of the first you know, early picks, someone will gamble on this guy because they'll be nervous. Someone else will have their eyes on him. He comes through. It's the pick of the draft. If he doesn't, you are absolutely cooked for another season. So Milford, he's a big punt. I don't think I'll be doing it personally. Connor Watson's the next man, 5'8 slash hooker. I spoke about him last night. Um, I'm hearing he's going to play in the 13 jersey, which I absolutely love. It means that he should play at least 50, 55 minutes. It means that he's got a license to run, roam, offload, be a support player. I really like it. If Connor Watson's playing 50-plus minutes, he will average 50-plus points. I really, really like this kid. And to be able to have someone 5'8 or hooker, it is absolutely gold. He's just got to stay fit. Uh, who else is on this list? Okay, Matty Moylan. This is a big one. One of my favorites. 253K. Even if you don't like Matty Moylan at that price, you have to be looking at him. All he has to do is lay two tries on in his first three week, and he's going to make big money there. Yeah, this is a guy with a heap of ability. He's looking fit at the moment. He's put in the hard yards during the offseason. He's gone, and he's seeked out guys like Roger Fabry and co. to help with his hamstring issues. Matty Moylan, if he is fit, he will be the best buy of your Supercoach season because he will make 
three, four hundred K if he gets back to his absolute best footy at the Sharks. In draft comps, I'm pretty confident I'll end up with this guy once again. Uh, I love to back him in. It's fisted me time and time again. But Matty Moylan, if he is fit and he is firing and he's back to his best, he's going to be a superstar again. Uh, Tex Hoy is the next man. 5'8 fullback. Really handy there to have a 5'8 fullback. Realistically, he doesn't have a spot in this team. I probably wouldn't be going near him. Brandon Wakeham. 236k, 5'8", halfback, dual position, really low price. I actually haven't had a look at his super coach stats, but I really like him as a footballer. I think there's a good chance he might get the 5'8 jersey, to be honest with you. But I'm not sure about his super coach stats, so um, I'll leave that one up to you guys. Just looking who else is on this list. A um, couple of cheapies that could appear during the season. Paul Turner's one for the New Zealand Warriors. He played one game. Scored a try, had a pretty handy game, averaged 48 there. He scored 48 in his one game. He's at 212,000, so as soon as he steps on the field, if he gets a starting gig for a few weeks at any point, he'll be really good. Um, Josh Schuster out of the Manly Singles, played one game last year, looked like an absolute star. If he can have a few weeks where Foran goes down or, or Cherry Evans goes down and he gets to come into this side, he'll be a star. He'll be a must-have in classic sides. Uh, who else is on this list? Not many more at 5'8". Let's go back to halfbacks. A few more on the halfback list. Um, okay, so you've got uh, Corey Pakes up at the Brisbane Broncos. It looks that potentially he could be arriving at Canterbury over the next few weeks. Cooper Johns down in Melbourne, unlikely to get a gig. Sean O'Sullivan at the New Zealand Warriors. There's a bit of depth there at halfback. Uh, he already played for the Broncos a little bit last year, so he's not basement price. I wouldn't be looking too closely at Sean. Uh, Jaden Sullivan played one game last year for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Looked really good. He's at 205k. If he can get a gig in this team, he's definitely worth a watch. Tana Boyd, uh, they got really solid halves there. He'll probably come off the bench. You'll see more of the same. Darren Nichols, Zach Docker-Clay, Dean Hawkins. Um... Yeah, okay, the very last man on the list. So the, the, the last two guys on the list I'll talk about. The first one's Toby Sexton out of the Gold Coast Titans. This kid's a really good young half. I doubt he'll play this year. You might see him get a couple of games at the end of the season. Um, if there's a couple of injuries there, though, you know, they'll obviously have Tana Boyd, but then I don't think this kid will be far off. He's a really talented young guy. And the last one is, of course, Sam Walker. He'll be one of the more talked-about guys. Just be hesitant with Sam Walker. Everyone else will tell you he's an absolute superstar. I'll tell you right now, he's come out of playing high school footy. He's a star there. He hasn't played much footy in 2020 because of COVID. He's missed a really crucial development year. He's going to come into the Roosters system. If he does get to play, I think it'll be at the very back end of the season, and it'll depend how their season's going. They've just learned from Kyle Flanagan that no matter how good someone's highlights package is, playing first grade, it's fucking hard, okay? This kid, I can't see them putting him in there round one. I don't think there's any hope in hell of Sam Walker playing halfback round one. I don't think the Roosters will do it. I think at the back end of the season, he could start to play a few games. I think he'll come off the bench for most of them. I'm expecting them to sign someone else to play halfback. I mean, in classic, you could do worse than to have this kid in your squad. But, I mean, if he's not going to play early, I would wait till the back end of the season. Halfback is a spot where you can get a lot of superstars in that position and you can get a lot of money and a lot of points. I would be waiting to see Sam Walker, how team lists come out, and I would just wait until you see his name appear because there's no point holding him on to all season, in my opinion. There's a position that you can make money in. Draft, I, I, I wouldn't be looking at Sam Walker. I'm sorry. I just... I, I, someone will take him early. Someone will think that he's... Someone will watch his highlights package an hour before draft and get a hard-on for him. Let them do it. 
I'm telling you, just just let them do it. Because just sit and watch Sam Walker for a year. I don't think he's going to play much footy anyway. If he does, like Kyle Flanagan, he is a couple of bad defensive games away or a couple of misreads. Because that's what teenagers do because they're teenagers away from getting dropped. Just chill on Sam Walker. He's I'm sure he's going to be a star of the future. But in 2021, he's still a teenager learning how to play rugby league.